0: The Merry Men Movement Yay! Thank you for listening to Merry Men Movement. I'm Dan Swedberg, editor of Merry Men Magazine, and today I have a special guest, and I wanted to bring Alana on the show to share a bit of her story so others out there can have some insight about the measurements of success and what success means to different people. Alana is an incredible person and someone who really inspires me because I've witnessed her journey over the years, and I've witnessed her growth, and I've always regarded her as someone who can master a lot of skills. Um, Her drive and focus and ambition and intelligence combines and marries with her artistry in a way that whatever she applies herself to, she can become the master of, which is an amazing skill set to have. Um, And she inspires me a lot. I've always told her before this interview, you know, over our years of friendship, that she's a force to be reckoned with because she has that ability to master any skill of her choosing. So welcome to the show. Thanks for coming. Thanks for having this chat with me. Thanks for being on my podcast.
1: Yeah, thanks. for. I feel so important.
0: (laughs) You are so important. You are super important. I mean, for anybody out there who's listening, um, Alana and I go back now, what, seven years, eight years?
1: Uh, Yeah, yeah, about eight years.
0: And so you were in the big smoke of Toronto. Um, We met in school. And then you, after graduation, went to Toronto. And you really grinded hard in the industry. You went from started at an internship, right? Internship level yep. with design agencies yep. and then moved your way up. While you were in Toronto, what was your title?
1: Uh, the last position I held um, was senior producer at a agency called uh, THP, um, which mainly focused on digital advertising, some broadcast as well for food and lifestyle brands. Uh, when I left, we were kind of like reaching, kind of expanding our uh, services and we we're kind of going into the um, banking sector. As well, um, doing some more internal promotions for their teams. So that's yeah.
0: So what was like your day to day? What was what what did you have to do? What was your role and responsibilities? You had to manage a team, correct?
1: Uh yeah. So I essentially had two producers. I just kind of like manage assignments and I manage you know how long it took them to complete specific programs. You know, I held uh, weekly production meetings um, with our production staff. So that's our videographers um, and our producers. Sometimes our prof staff would be involved and our editors
0: so what was your experience in toronto like like good bad
1: like one year was so different than the next you know what i mean like my first year in toronto truly was the epitome of just grinding and hustling and i really don't like the word hustling But holy hot dog, dude, like there was days where I didn't know how I was going to pay my rent. You know, I was serving outside my nine to five internship and like I couldn't afford groceries. So like the restaurant would just give me what was left over. And that would be, you know, my dinner and potentially my lunch if I could sneak some extra food out and take it to my internship. Like it was pretty, it was pretty rough for the first year, um, or at least the first like five to six months. And then I finally got a junior design role at a digital agency. And they paid like like practically nothing, like barely survivable wages. But I mean, it was better than, you know, an internship, right? So um, i definitely learned a lot there, definitely honed my skills. And what was super lucky for me, you know, I had a graphic design background, but my ultimate goal was to work, you know, in video and in film. And you know, luckily the owners of this agency were very uh, flexible. And whenever I, you know, they needed a video project completed, I was the first to raise my hand and they never questioned, you know, giving me the assignment. So I really had to like, you know, I guess make my intentions known, not just kind of like sitting there waiting for them to pick me. Um, But whenever I asked, I got it. And um, I eventually left there and I tried my hand at actually, you know, working in the film industry, which I did for a year freelance probably pretty much ground zero once again making no money and working extremely long hours probably like way worse conditions obviously i'm not in a cushy downtown toronto agency now i'm in this big warehouse you know working with pretty much a con- construction crew i'm not even with the camera staff i was working in the art department just painting walls essentially um so just trying to
0: climb up that ladder just to climb that corporate ladder and get your foot in the door. Essentially. Yes.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, I was obviously doing some extra stuff on the side to make some money. Um, during that time I made my own for a short film. That's where I met, I met one of my favorite, uh, cinematographers, Danielle Thorne, shout out to Danielle. She's freaking awesome. And then I pretty much cut together a reel from all the stuff I did at Rich Media plus my, um, like bits and pieces, uh, clips of my, of my short. And By some luck, THP liked my work, and I started from the ground up there, uh, pretty much a junior producer doing very, very small stuff, and I just climbed the ladder until I was senior.
0: (laughs) So let's talk about that. Let's talk about that senior role, because what I've heard about it, it sounds like this dream position, right? Like You sounded like you were a bigwig. You were traveling (laughs) to New York. You were a senior producer. You had... You know, um, staff working under you, um, you were jet setting, you were living the dream, essentially, right, from any outsider looking in. So, let's talk about, like, obviously there was a grind and it was not handed to you. You had to work your fucking ass off to get this position, correct?
1: Yeah, yeah, that was definitely something I had to fight for, for sure. Um, I mean, yeah, it always, like, sounds, sounds super awesome and, you know, like on paper it sounds amazing right but when you're living it every single day and when it's not for you you truly know it on the inside you know what i mean
0: um how like how did you know that the position wasn't for you like were you having people be like oh my god i'm so jealous that you have this like dream job essentially or
1: you know i was super lucky to be surrounded by with my you know fellow producers they are always you know super supportive and again like my producers who were technically below me were 10 15 years my senior you know what i mean so i was super lucky that there was no animosity between myself and them and we were always learning from each other so it wasn't necessarily like like that it was just the expectations and the workload was a lot and i in some ways we kind of felt a little undercut with um you know time and resources and we just had to make it happen and that's nothing unique to you know that agency it's it's across the board that's just the industry right if you either nut up or shut up essentially and it's just not how i do things i like to you know put my heart and soul into a project and i just i can't work at that caliber and I just cracked (laughs) and I was like, I need to, if I'm going to be working this hard and this tirelessly on something, I want it to be, for me. I want something that I love. Yeah. So when I, the last big trip that I did for THP is they sent me to New York again, super grateful for the opportunity and you know, the expectations were high and I just, you know, I just couldn't handle it. I couldn't handle the pressure of, you know, the assignment and, you know, me just not being 100% behind it. You know what I mean? I can only give that much for something that I truly love. 100
0: percent that sorry to interrupt that brings me back to i just want to side note um a a point that i find really important and something that i mentioned with merriment all the time that something simon Sinek said that working hard for something we don't care about is called stressed and working hard for something we love is called passion yeah right so it kind of i mean it just that's so validating and confirming especially of that point Mm -hmm. what you're saying like you're just your heart wasn't in it you know you just didn't care about it enough to have to put to sacrifice what you were sacrificing, essentially, correct?
1: Yeah, and also in some weird way, there was a level of guilt too, you know? Like, I felt like I was taking someone's position in a way. Like, Mm. I did kind of step outside myself and think, man, like, this is sick. Like, I remember I was running down Fifth Avenue with a big seamless roll, like, trying to make it to my shoot, and, and I wasn't excited, you know what I mean? I was stressed out. I was angry that it was so hot outside. I was angry that there was so many people around me and I wasn't seeing how awesome of an opportunity this was and I I kind of stopped and I was like this is the dream you know what I mean and like if I'm not happy here then I need to step aside and give it to someone who would be stoked to be doing this.
0: That's really egoless of you to be able to have that realization I think. Um, a lot of people I think because they care so much about what other people think mm-hmm. are just constantly in this place that they're not necessarily their true authentic self or that they're the most happy because they only care about the vanity of being looked at a certain way you know what i mean so for you to have that um kind of realization i think is tremendously insightful and humble like that's super 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 cool so i commend you on that because i think for a lot of people They have this fight with their own ego that you know a lot of people you know they care a lot about what other people think and I I think what's at most important at the end of the day is the only person you have to please is yourself so life is too short, man.
1: One hundred percent, one hundred percent. I absolutely agree. You know, it it definitely was. uh, I still had to swallow that pill. You know, coming home and you know having to tell all my friends they're like well wait aren't you like super successful in toronto and you like were a senior producer and you were doing spots for like starbucks and whatever and all that stuff and because like i'm still pretty private about like my creative endeavors because they haven't really come to fruition yet i just kind of have to be like yeah But ultimately, it's it's hard to, like, describe to someone who hasn't lived it, I guess. You know what I mean? But ultimately, you just have to have the empathy that, you know, mm-hmm. if hopefully if they were in the same shoes as me, they would do the same thing.
0: 100%. Yeah, I think the people that are important in your life understand wholeheartedly that it was tremendously brave for you to do what you've done. And 100% are so supportive of your happiness. So I think you should put that above all else applause to you man pat yourself on the back because i think a lot of people i think that's the the thing um and that's what i the point that i want to get across here is that from an outsider's perspective um a person may look like they have everything but you don't know what their internal story is you don't know what any internal struggles are so you really need to approach everyone with empathy and compassion yeah and ultimately at the end of the day um, what's more important, like high stress and poor health or doing what you love and what lights you up? You know what I mean? And it gives you a, a purpose and a happier light.
1: Well, yeah, totally. And Gary V talks about that all the time. Like I really, you know, take it to heart when he's like, do you want to be crying in your Ferrari or do you want to be happy in your your Honda or but exactly says, exactly
0: what I, mean? I mean and who's to say here's the thing i 100 believe that when you're happier and when you find something that lights you up that energy is contagious and people not only want to support you and be around you and be part of your journey and help you on your journey much more than somebody who is um in a negative and creates kind of a toxic energy about them so Here's a topic of discussion. Can you be successful at pursuing what you love? And why do people think that they can't?
1: Yeah, I think so. I think it's the intention that you bring to it and the energy that you bring to it. And, you know, if you don't mind my going back to my crazy time in Toronto, um, I was still pursuing my side creative endeavors in NTO. In but, you know, like the energy that I was bringing to it was so high stress and so negative and so serious that I wasn't even enjoying doing that and the the work to be honest was not great not compared to you know now where i'm actually like coming at it with you know just wanting to have fun and spontaneity and you know enjoying the process of actually the creative flow state you know what i mean so i think you can be successful i just don't think you really need to ask yourself what does successful mean to you in your creative endeavor and what do you want to you know bring to the table through your passion you know what i mean
0: that is such an important Important question i think that's very a lot of people can do a lot of self-reflection on that specifically what you just said mm-hmm. there like what is success to you right is success a 20 million dollar salary like are you a billionaire you know is money the only thing that you consider successful right and it's funny because every time i interview somebody yeah. with uh merriman i often ask that question and nine times out of ten money has nothing to do with it yeah. it's very much about the pursuit of happiness and being supported so let me ask you question that question What is success to you?
1: I think success to me is waking up And not having that anxiety about having to go to the office. It's me waking up. And, you know, I know this doesn't happen every single day within work and any sort of field, no matter how much you love it, but just ready to tackle the day. I have experienced waking up with serious anxiety for too many days in a row when I lived in Toronto. And I just that is the goal for me. I just want to wake up and be stoked about what I'm doing and feel good about it.
0: That's such an important message for the world. I think that, yeah, I mean, it just reiterates like life is too fucking short, man.
1: Too short, dude. I don't even remember my mid twenties, not because like I was drinking and partying, is because of stress. Like I barely remember twenty five to to twenty seven.
0: Do you think that was because you were just in such a routine, um, and or was it because you were in like a negative place and you wanted to block it out, or why do you think that is?
1: I think it's a you know a mixed bag for sure. Yeah. I, I think you know the routine definitely but yeah blocking it out just like wanting to get from a to b just focus on the floor when you're on the ttc and ignore that crazy homeless person and then you get to work you grind and for like eight to ten hours up to 12 14 and then you get back on the ttc you look at the floor ignore the homeless people or like the crazies around you get home potentially have dinner pass out do it again <laughs>
0: So tell me, okay, so I mean, sorry, I'm going to sidebar here. That was such an interesting th- thing that you, you know, ignore, you're saying like, um, ignore the crazies, ignore uh, people and stuff like that. I And I've talked to you about this before about Toronto. Um, having lived there myself mm-hmm. um, and that it's such a mover being moved city, but people really are almost like horses with blinders on yeah. because they're so focused on their sole intent. They don't notice their surroundings essentially. Yeah. I found it to be quite a liberating experience
1: Oh, yeah, definitely.
0: I mean, but from your description, it almost sounds like you're just like in your own bubble and in your own world and quite isolated. I never thought about it from an isolating experience. I don't think I was there in the corporate culture to be in the one of those people's shoes. So it's interesting. Do you see both sides of it or do you see kind of it to be quite isolating?
1: That's, you know, it's so funny that you you bring this up because on the same token, you know, I feel like I really did open up creatively for the exact reason that you just said, right? Like no matter how like, you know wild or you know like out there something that i might have done or you know experienced it's no one's really paying attention and i can just feel almost okay to be myself and that kind of gave me permission to just be like myself is enough you know what i mean to like it kind of fostered that i don't know self-love that i was because nobody was paying attention to me so i could actually pay attention to myself if that makes sense
0: totally totally yeah
1: yeah. So on that hand, I totally get what you're saying. Yeah. Like on, in terms of like the TTC and like looking down, that's in terms of like the everyday grind.
0: You're just like, this is this is now my routine.
1: You know, there's still like some camaraderie for sure. But I mean, it was, it was almost out of respect in a way. I, I don't bug you. You don't bug me. Let's all try and get home in one piece.
0: <laughs> so for everyone out there who might be listening, and they're kind of like, well, I haven't found myself, or if they feel a little bit lost, right? And they're like, well, I got to go to Toronto now to find myself. Do you think that somebody has, like, what was it about Toronto that made you find yourself?
1: Well, yeah. So, yeah. So again, I think it was, I think it was, um, you know, nobody really paying attention to me and, you know, just me being able to be silly and goofy and I could just say things and, you know, if, people didn't really rub to it the right way, I would never see them again. <laughs> you know what I mean?
0: So do you think it was like the anonymity is what you're saying of... of- mm-hmm.
1: No, totally. It was also, um, you know, again, being forced to fight for what I wanted because I had to be very clear with my intentions. You know, like I had, to, I had to grind and I had to work and I had to make quick actions and quick decisions. I would do something. If I didn't like it, pivot. If I didn't like it again, pivot because there were so many subsets of videography so many subsets of video commercial development there's so many subsets of producing like i could really try anything it kind of again reels back to trying stuff totally so it was that and just the, the you know the art scene there it's honestly it worked for me i can't say that's going to work for for everybody mm-hmm. but even just going to a new city in general i feel like helps helps you at least learn something about yourself that maybe you didn't know before.
0: Agreed, agreed. And that's what I'm kind of trying to pinpoint here is for anybody that's listening that's kind of like, I need some insight if they're feeling lost or whatnot. Do I need to move essentially to find, find you know, passion or finding a little bit more about themselves and doing a little bit of self-reflection. So you're saying like anonymity was definitely a part of it. And then forced to be a decision maker and then also set intent was also a very big driving force as to understanding that, you know, what you wanted, right?
1: Yeah. And honestly, it was a lot of pain too. You know what I mean? Like I, unfortunately, the, the way I learn, I have sometimes have to learn the hard way. And there was a lot of tough things that I had to grind through, but that through that and like rising above all those tough scenarios, I gained more self-confidence in myself because I was so far away from my family. I had to take care of it. I was just me.
0: So yeah. I think you are <clears throat> very wise to be able to have that ability and that Do you think that you would have had these realizations if you weren't
1: in Toronto? No. And that's why I do not regret going there at all. Like, I really think it gave me direction. It, you know, um, being there gave me discipline. And it really, I really did cut my teeth creatively and I really honed my skills there. So, like, even though I did eventually have to leave in order to pursue, you know, my creative endeavors, without going there, I would have never found myself. I think originally, you know, I, I have been raised in a family of engineers, accountants, doctors, all that kind of stuff. And, you know, I was the, like the lonely artist in the family. And I felt like I needed some sort of trophy of my own because my family doesn't really understand art, even though they try to, they just don't really understand it unless they actually see like physical success or some sort of ROI come out of my work. And, you know, upon graduating college, there was nothing. So I thought the quickest way to get recognition from my family was to make it in the hardest city in Canada. And I did that. And I still felt empty because I was doing it for the wrong reasons.
0: That's so, that's so important. And this is what I want to do. This is what I'm trying to bring focus on and bring attention to that so many people misunderstand the value of artists they don't value them the same as doctors lawyers and all these obviously, we would be getting paid as much, you know, if they did. But that is such an injustice to the world. You know what I mean? Like, ah, like it, it just it drives me to create more awareness. And that's obviously why I started Merriam Men was to create this awareness that there are so many talented people to create the showcase for people's skill sets, you know, and that they are just as goddamn valuable as a doctor. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. And that's I feel like that's super, super important. And like, there's I don't feel like there'll ever be enough content um, out there in the world to, to reach, to reach everyone. So like, I'm super stoked that, you know, that you're really doing this and you're getting the message out there even more so because people, artists were, (laughs) sometimes we can be kind of like sensitive and we need to hear, we need to hear things like the same thing a thousand different ways before it resonates sometimes. You know what I mean? And I feel like if if you keep on with this message and like again with your with your collection of magazines and just like the positive energy, like like that can that can only amount to good. You know what I mean? In this world. And the more the artists feel empowered, the more beautiful this world's gonna be. What I really don't like about it is, is like it's not quantifiable. You know what I mean? And a lot of people in this world need to see numbers and they need to see you know like stats and charts and blah 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 before they can actually buy into it whereas like they're not buying into these people where they're just giving you a feeling
0: and that's what i was saying about like society's injustice of measurement right like that's that's what people need to obviously realize within themselves is that like start doing things based on your beliefs and your values and that's why what that question about like what successes to you is so important start measuring your worth by that rather than other people's opinions and other people's judgments that to be honest is not fucking right it's it's to each their own you know what i mean so why can't you have your own set of beliefs don't measure your worth by other people
1: I know. Yeah. It's it's just like, it's the way our brains are hardwired. You know what I mean? And it's so like, I have that little voice in my head all the time, like telling me to like be play it safe. Like, your dreams are like too far out there and I have to like shut that part of my brain off daily. And like, I'm self-aware. So like people who aren't self-aware about this, like little voice in their head that are shutting the, maybe their potential. I know we don't want to put a a dollar value on it, but potentially a million dollar idea or something that's truly going to make them happy. Like they're, they're shutting it down without even realizing it before it even becomes anything.
0: Exactly. Fear takes hold and takes predominance um, over, over people's decisions. and Ultimately, Ultimately, that's the decision to be happy or not, right? And that is so much more important than how much money you make. I mean, yes, you do have to obviously live. I understand that. But you know, fame and fortune is not everything. The dream life is like you what you just described to me about success. The dream life is being able to wake up every day and wanting to be excited about what you do. Something that lights you up, obviously, is what is going to make you successful.
1: Yeah, definitely. And you know what? And you know what I love about your message? Again, like I feel it also really does extend even out of the the art community too. Like I mean there could be accountants out there who want to coach wrestling or, you know, there might be lawyers out there who are really passionate about carpentry, but they're too afraid to tell their parents that they actually want to build houses or they want to build furniture instead of being a lawyer. You yeah. know what I mean?
0: Mm-hmm. Or their significant other or whoever dictates, yeah, their life for them. Exactly. Right. Because they feel like they have a responsibility based on their beliefs or somebody else's beliefs right yeah
1: totally it's just like like find your bliss bro like
0: exactly find your bliss i mean and i think it definitely comes from a certain amount of realization and self-reflection that you need to do to find out whether or not you're happy and what if you're not happy what will make you happy right but i think it also Mm -hmm. comes back to i've said this many times figure out first of all you need to know that you deserve happiness everybody deserves happiness i think that's a huge um barrier to getting over to the step in creating the life that you want to create right um and then from there obviously determining and maybe just trying a bunch of things Mm -hmm. if you don't know what it is that you want to pursue right
1: yeah totally yeah you need to give yourself you know the leeway and the ability to try
0: i just want people to question um you know what is what is right what's right for them what, it, what you know what you believe in, what you don't believe in, just question your beliefs and do your beliefs come from yourself or do your beliefs come from something external do they come from other relationships do they come from parental you know etc etc ah deep messages here I'm so excited to be able to talk with you this was so cool I think yeah, I'm going to conclude there and on that <laughs> note thanks to everybody for listening to Merriman and uh, thank you so much for talking with me thank you so much for all your insight and well, hopefully you. this resonates with somebody I definitely think it will and I think this will provide some good inspiration for people. So I appreciate it. Thank you.
1: Bye bye.